Hi, I'm Adam Henson. Welcome to Keeping On Track, a podcast series made by the farming community for the farming community. Thank you, Adam. I'm Dominic Arkwright. Now, this series of programmes is mainly about mental health, but this particular one is about physical health. As you know, farming's a tough job, and in a way, it's not surprising that accidents happen. But as with mental health, there seem to be barriers preventing the farming community from getting help, even for serious injuries or illnesses. And there's a price to pay for that. Let's start with Adam Henson, who's very concerned about this. We're losing around about 50 people a year on farms having accidents in fatalities. And so there are all the accidents that cause serious problems to people's lives you know if you have a a broken foot or a lacerated arm or whatever that has a massive impact on your working life family life mental health all of those things so accidents and injuries is is a quite a serious contributor towards um, some of the pressures put on people working in the agricultural industry we're often very busy and, and the financial pressures off sometimes means you cut corners and you're rushing and you're trying to get things done and you're not concentrating and these big bits of kit, livestock not in the correct handling system, those sorts of things, you know, you can get seriously hurt or even killed. And so that is, um, you know, and there are lots of advice and guidance and legislation, law around health and safety, um, but there are still lots of problems associated to it. Livestock workplace transport, machinery and falls. They're the four key reasons that farmers and farm workers lose their lives every single year. Stephanie Barclay is manager of the Farm Safety Foundation, or Yellow Wellies. Now, the reasons for that are manifold. It could be simply complacency. I've done this every day. It's never happened to me. You know, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to bother with risk assessments. I can't be bothered with that paperwork. All of that kind of attitude but also that added thing of larger, bigger equipment. By the way, equipment that's there to thrash, it's there to cut, it's there to bale, and that includes you as well as the crops, but also you're dealing with animals. Animals, especially livestock, you know, are unpredictable. You know, they can change, and no matter how much you know that animal, you may have reared it from birth, you know, that will turn on you. And unfortunately, it, it, it does happen. I mean, we have seen a lot of livestock fatalities over the last year. Dr Ian Davis is a rural GP in Gloucestershire and his biggest worry is that people who work on the land simply don't come and see him when they should. It's one of the most dangerous industries to work in, farming. Uh, I think your chances of getting badly injured or killed as a farmer are far greater than most uh, industries. Uh, I've seen some incredible things in casualties and even some terrible injuries where people present very late as well. And not just for accidents and injuries, as we'll hear, but accidents are one thing, illness is another. Here's Adam. So I've recently had a hip resurfacing operation, so I was physically out of it, really, off the farm for six to eight weeks. It took me six months before I could actually start catching sheep again. Um, But thankfully, I've got an amazing business partner. We've got a fantastic team of of people on the farm and the farm park, and, and I wasn't particularly missed but if you're a lone worker on a farm if you know if you're if you've got to milk the cows every day or you've got to check around your sheep or you've got to get that wheat planted and it's just you and perhaps one other and that puts a huge amount of pressure on the one other and for you you maybe don't give yourself enough time to recover um you 
discharge yourself from hospital more than you, earlier than you should have done, or if you've got a problem like a hip or a knee or an ankle or whatever it may be, you know, arthritic joint that you ought to get sorted, you leave it and leave it and leave it and leave it until you're hobbling around. I know that I'm in the right place where farmers are when I see somebody with a limp or a funny gait because they're well overdue a hip replacement. Georgina Lamb from the Farming Community Network, FCN. There is never the right time to have a routine operation because there's lambing or there's drilling or there's first cut or farmers don't go on holiday very often either because there's always something to do and most of them are self-employed so there isn't an HR department to say you've got 28 days and time off in lieu owing it's 24-7 it's not a job it's a lifestyle and they are very guilty at times of neglecting themselves and putting everybody and everything first before thinking oh my goodness my health is failing um, and and ignoring those signs that that things are becoming an issue. And then there's the more chronic disease profiles with heart disease, diabetes, respiratory issues. GP Ian Davis. People don't come and get checked. You know, we like the general public to come once a year for their MOT, a bit like you take your Land Rover to a garage to have its MOT once a year. And that's what we should all do. Uh, but because farmers are busy and they prioritise their land and their animals, they don't think to come. Uh, they'll, they'll service their combine harvester, etc., but they won't service themselves, which I wish they would, because a lot of the more chronic illnesses like diabetes and asthma, COPD, heart disease, and the risks associated with that, we could alleviate for them if we knew about them. Dr Caroline Knott is a consultant psychologist who specialises in farmers' mental health. So it's not unusual to see things like, you know, high blood pressure, particularly if you drink a lot or if you're overweight or if you, you know, have a, a, a poor diet or if you've got heart problems. They probably function at that suboptimal level for quite some time, really, before they would ever go and see a GP. And sometimes it's too late. Unfortunately, I have seen many farmers present late with some really serious conditions. Uh, I remember a gorgeous farmer uh, turning up, and it was cold, the weather was cold in the winter, uh, wearing traditional farming overalls. Uh, and he said, yeah, I'm just, I'm just feeling a bit tired recently. It was very unusual for this person who I'd looked after for, for 20 years to come in. So I was a bit suspicious, and I said, I think we should examine you. So he proceeded to take off four layers of overalls, and by the time he'd taken his four layers of overalls off, it was very clear to me that he'd lost a catastrophic amount of weight. And he really was very, very unwell. And unfortunately, he had a, a form of cancer that within a couple of weeks he died from. Uh, he presented right at the end. Uh, but, uh, you know, once again, lovely typical farmer. He was in his Land Rover tending his land up until about two days before he passed away, which was utterly incredible. If I go all the way back to when I was in medical school, which is now more than 30 years ago, one of the things we were taught in medical school is beware of the farmer who presents to you because there's almost certainly something drastically wrong with them because traditionally farmers and people who work on farms prioritise their land and their livestock in front of themselves. Uh, so 
really most of them will present to you late. So whatever they're coming to you with, it's often a late presentation. Be that a very serious condition like a cancer or more chronic conditions like heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, respiratory illnesses uh, that are related to working outside with dust and smoking frequently. It would be lovely if farmers and farm workers could find a little bit of extra time in their day to prioritise their health uh, because coming late, and I've got numerous examples over the years of poor farmers who've come too late, would drastically change their outcomes. So what is it that's stopping people from getting help? Part of it's worry about leaving the farm or the expense of getting cover. Part of it is a natural resilience and hardiness. But there's something else, according to Dr Rebecca Wheeler and Professor Matt Lobley from the Centre for Rural Policy Research at Exeter University. Part of it is that that kind of cultural stoicism um, and not wanting to uh, kind of be seen as weak, although in, in my opinion I think it's actually a sign of strength to, to, to ask for help. Um, I think there are also practical barriers and practical issues as well. So, um, you know, getting off, finding time to get off the farm to go to the doctor between the hours of nine to five on a weekday, um, you know, that's obviously really difficult when you're uh, working such long hours and, and confined to certain jobs that need to be done on the farm. So I think there's a combination of things going on there. There is certainly the perception on behalf of members of the farming community is that GPs aren't going to understand. And so, you know, we certainly, we, we get anecdotal evidence, farmers saying that they... they put off um, going to see professional health care providers because they won't understand. They won't understand that they can't just take a few days off and lie down and wait to recover because there's, they have to still feed the livestock, there's nobody else to do it, they can't afford to get a relief worker in. And so they just think, well, you know, what's the point of me going to see a GP if they're just going to say, you know, you need to lie down for three days because they can't do that. So there's that, and then there's just the ability to access services at a time when farmers are available. So particularly dairy farmers start work very, very early in the morning. They'll still be finishing off afternoon milking in the early evening, by which time you know, most GP surgeries are closed. So I think if we want to encourage members of the farming community to access health services, we have to take as much of those services to them as possible. And it does happen, and it may happen near you. Here's Matt again, and Dr Caroline Nye, also from the Centre for Rural Policy Research. As an example of that, there was a, an initiative in Cornwall called the Farming Health Hub, which, amongst its activities, was to take healthcare services to places where farmers are. So that could be... Um, agricultural shows, agricultural wholesalers and suppliers, and to try and make it easy to access services or certainly to access kind of sign pointing for services. And you see that increasingly actually at, at auction marts as well. Several of the auction marts are carrying out um, initiatives or they have their own healthcare clinics set up on site so that when a farmer goes to the mart, to sell, buy or sell livestock or just to go to the market, which some of them do without any other purpose, they are able to go and see a nurse. There was one place in particular, they had a nurse, they had a physiotherapist on site, I think they had a podiatrist on site. So these places that have been having, have been running these, these initiatives over the last few years, and those farmers that, that visit those places uh, frequently, for them, help-seeking has become the norm in that setting. 
So, worth thinking about or finding out about, not least because there's a big link between physical ill health and mental ill health. If you've got a chronic pain, at the very least it can get you down. And so there is definitely a link between the physical health of the farmer and the mental health. And then you see that then linked into you know, the health, if you like, of the business, the performance of the business. Because we've got somebody who's suffering from potentially physical health problems, mental health problems, and then trying to deal with the challenges of running a difficult, complex business. And just like anybody else, that can get really difficult. Professor Matt Lobley and Adam agrees it really is worth looking after your health. Sometimes they feel that they're just being soft and it's a bit of a failing sometimes, um, or they just physically haven't got the time. They, don't, they can't see the wood for the trees. They don't know how they're going to cope if they have to take time off work to look after themselves. And the ironic thing is, actually, by looking after themselves for the long term, that's going to have be greater benefits. It, it helps them with their family, it helps them with their job. You know, they can be more efficient and more effective. Physical problems on the farm can obviously influence your ability to do your farm work and to do all the jobs you need to do to the standard you need to do it. That's Professor David Rose, visiting fellow at the Royal Agricultural University. So we know from farming accidents, working long hours in poor weather, often isolated and, and not being able to go and get healthcare appointments, we know that that can influence the ability to be able to do farming, support your family, look after yourself, and that can lead to physical problems becoming worse. And, and everybody knows it's much harder to run a business if you're in either poor physical or mental health. It's just really hard to do even basic tasks if you're not feeling up to it. So the message is, if you're not well, do something about it. It may not be as problematic as you think. That's one of the great things about some of these charities, that they can offer part-time help to come get a worker to come onto your farm and help assist. But also the farming community, if you just rang your neighbour and said, look, it looks like I'm going to be out of this for six to eight weeks, you know, any chance you can, your team can come and help me run the farm, or have you got a relief milker can come and milk my cows... Nine times out of ten, your neighbour will say, yes, of course, and you can return the favour on another day. But let's leave the final word to Gloucestershire GP, Dr Ian Davis. I think starting your career as a healthy farmer and realising you have to put some work into that in the years going forwards to stay healthy and effective is very important. Uh, just wishing and hoping that everything is going to be OK and ignoring things when they come along is not an effective way of running your business for many, many years to come. You know, exactly the same as you wouldn't dare not service your combine harvester because you know that in the middle of harvest it's probably going to break. If all farmers saw themselves as that, then you are right. You know, for, for the sake of a few visits to your, you know, lovely family GP in the rural environment, who can make sure all your systems are working fine a couple of times a year, in the long run you're going to save a lot of time, effort and money because if you're ill and you suddenly have to leave your farm, I don't know, in the middle of lambing or in the middle of harvest for three weeks because you find yourself in hospital with something that could have been avoided, then uh, you know, surely it's better to put a little bit of time in to save all that time. So that's it for this programme. I hope it's given you food for thought that really, whatever the obstacles you may feel there are, it's worth looking after your health. 
Good for you, good for your family, good for your business. That's all for now. Until next time, stay well. Here's Adam. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping on Track. I hope you found some things in it which were helpful for you or someone you know. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, you can find more information about organisations which can provide help and support by going to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers.